slow down, you're moving too fast. Got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. I'm looking for fun and feeling groovy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's edition of Garrett Anderson's Live At You for Monday, December 11th, 2017. Alrighty, so uh, I'm feeling good. Feeling good. How are you? What are you up to? Who, Who's out there? Who's listening? I don't know. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you're up to, hope you're doing well. Um, yeah, so... Let's see, I had a very eventful weekend, and I could probably spend most of this podcast just talking about my Saturday. I had a a very, very um, exciting out-and-about Saturday. So, uh, yeah, let's get right into it. Um, I was invited to um, lend some, uh, some music to a very important cause. There's a family friend of ours whose dad... Uh, the the dad um, uh, in in the family is a former army veteran. Well, I guess you're always a veteran. He's he's former army, so he's a veteran. Uh, served in the first Gulf War, and has a medical complication that his doctors are are pretty sure was uh, correlated to some of the fumes that he was burning or fumes that he breathed in of burning oil fields during the first first Gulf War. Um, should I do some, some like speaking warmups, uh, before I get into this? I feel like I just tripped over my words a few times. Um, she sells seashells down by the seashore. Um, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. She sells seashells down by the seashore. I've never been good at tongue twisters. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? If a woodchuck could chuck wood, then a woodchuck would chuck as much wood as a woodchuck could chuck. If a woodchuck could chuck wood. Red leather, yellow leather. Okay. Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. Um, okay. So, um, our, our good family friends uh, here in Phoenix that we met through our, our daughters going to the same schools. Um, the uh, The dad has some sort of terrible form of cancer. Uh, they had to remove his pituitary gland in his brain. Um, and he's one of the very few people on earth that lives with this condition. And uh, he needs some more uh, surgeries. And he's maxed out on his insurance benefits. And uh, the veteran administration is, uh, is, uh, has kind of you know maxed out the benefits there too. So his family was facing down a very large medical bill. And the community rallied around and hosted an event. This is, um, and it, it was at uh, the bar that I used to play a lot called Azul's. And I was very humbled to be asked to come out and uh, not only perform a little bit, but just have audio gear there so that they could have some music. Um, they opened up uh, into the parking lot, set up some fences, and just wanted to have sort of a festival in support of um, Aaron Bentley is the guy's name. And uh, if you Google Bentley's battle, uh, you'll find some information on it. He was featured on uh, one of the local news channels here in Phoenix. But uh, just a really heart-wrenching story because he's a great guy, um, coach of, uh, of a football team. In fact, he's, he's the guy that got me um, invited to come sing the national anthem at uh, Arizona Christian University. Um, I think I mentioned that on the podcast one time, but 
that was a few months ago, and they said, hey, Garrett, you're a singer. You, you want to come sing the national anthem sometime for us? I said, hey, that'd be cool. I said, yeah, bring your family. We'll, we'll hook you up with tickets to the game, and, and you can sing the national anthem. So my wife and I went and did that, and it was incredibly nerve-wracking. Um, I, like... I think I like basically blacked out during the during the performance of the song because I was so focused on not messing it up. Um, but uh, a nice sort of patriotic thing to do there. Um, so yeah, he's just a stand-up guy. He's a, he's a coach and a family man, and and uh, you know we really get along with their family, and uh, we wanted to pitch in. So I said, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm 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 really honored that you asked me. I'd be happy to do this. I lo- I love you know putting the music towards a good cause um that's that's important to me and and I feel very lucky to get to do that so uh the only the only wrinkle was that it was the same day as a birthday party for my daughter my daughter's got a, a birthday right around christmas time so sometimes she gets a little bit of the shaft when it comes to focus on her for her birthday you know it kind of gets lost in the whole christmas shuffle so we wanted to do something special for my daughter, so we planned this birthday party um, for early December so that it had its own standalone, you know, uh, celebration for, for her birthday. And just so happened that, uh, the, you know, the calendar kind of works out that way where sometimes you wish you could, um, you know, duplicate yourself and be in two places at once. And uh, since we don't have that technology yet, I uh, I said yes to both things and didn't want to miss my daughter's uh, birthday party, so I, I just kind of schemed a way to figure out how to do all of it in one day, um, and uh, it ended up working out okay. But it was it was a bit of a juggle. Um, I'm not complaining, but it it just kind of it, it it had a little stress to it um, for my day. But obviously nothing in comparison to to what that family's going through. So. I kind of say that with uh, with a healthy dose of perspective. So uh, we wanted to get the community together to fundraise and have a have a big uh, get together. And I was going to play some music and also just kind of built out a playlist uh, to play over the loudspeakers and in the parking lot for everybody to have a good time. There's you know people selling T-shirts to raise money um, with Bent- Bentley's Battle on them and. Uh, you know, people uh, selling hamburgers and hot dogs, and, and, and those monies going towards the cause. So hopefully they, they raised a bunch of money. And uh, it was really cool that the that the bar hosted and, and put that on uh, for them. And it, I wanted to share it here because it was such a heartwarming and, and inspiring moment of the community coming together from the ground up. You know, um, I think I spend a lot of time on this podcast and just sort of in general in my life living in between my ears and my head in the clouds a little bit thinking about, oh, you know, there, there, there's a lot of unnecessary suffering and wouldn't it be nice if it wasn't that way? But, uh, you know, I think we're, I'm kind of learning as I'm growing up here that we have certain opportunities to actually make a difference from the ground up. Um, I think that the, the good fight it needs to be both uh, from the ground up and also from the top down. So it's really important, I think, for, for my own sanity to be a part of these occasions where it's just people coming together to do the right thing and uh, support each other. And, and uh, you know, one of my catchphrases or, or one of the phrases that I uh, hold dear is it takes a village. And it's nice to see that village in action. Um, so 
the way the logistics worked out was the event for the fundraiser was from 12 to 6. And my daughter's party was from 11 to 2. And I was like, ooh, that's a little dicey. And they're in different parts of the town. They're about 45 minutes away. Uh, the fundraiser was up in North Phoenix. And uh, my daughter's birthday party was uh, was at the Animal Welfare League and Adoption Center in downtown Phoenix. Um, she's a uh, second grader now. She's turning eight this uh, holiday season, <laughs> her birthday. So um, she she wanted to do something a little different, and she's an animal lover. And uh, my wife found this opportunity that, that uh, the Welfare League does an educational program and, and birthday parties for, for kids. And one of the really sweet things about it was the kids um, got to meet some animals that were up for adoption and read books to them. Um, the, uh, the folks at the facility love to have kids in to read books to these animals that otherwise have pretty stressful life. Um, living at the shelter can be stressful on the animals. So they find it nice to have kids come in and just calmly read to the animals. And it's, it's pretty amazing to see the energy um, because they, they met the animals first on a walkthrough and it was pretty rowdy and, and the kids are all, you know, meet, meeting the animals and letting them sniff them and some of the dogs are barking and it's kind of a commotion. And then a few minutes later, they, they, they take out the books and the kids sit down and read and you can feel it's palpable that the energy level of the animals and the kids just kind of settles down. And it's really cute. The animals snuggle up in, in their blankets, the, the dogs in this case, um, and, and the kids sit on these little mats and read out loud to the animals. And it was very, very sweet. It was, it was super sweet. But uh, so what I had to do um, was get up there um, about 930 in the morning and set up my gear so that I could leave at 10 to get to the party on time. And I get up there and, and it's, you know, it's, there's a big to-do, you know, people are setting up the grill and setting up the easy up to sell uh, and some tables to sell the t-shirts. And you can tell it's kind of just one of these community events where everyone, hey, what can I do to help? Where does this go? Um, you know, the lady Mary who, who uh, runs Azul and, uh, you know, took it upon herself to kind of host this fundraiser. She was barking out orders and keeping everything moving. So I said, hey, where do you want me to set up, you know, and said, here, pull your car up over here, we'll help you unload kind of thing. Um, and I, I got all my stuff out there. I said, okay, so where am I plugging in electricity? And, and she goes, okay, I think we've got a generator. And she goes out in a, into her back room and pulls out this this little generator. And, and I was like, okay, well, how, do, do, can you help me get this going? I'm, uh, I'm a little embarrassed to say I don't really know how to work a generator. I've never owned my own, and I've never really used one, um, so I don't really know my way around this generator. She goes, no, I don't, I don't know how to do that, but one of these guys will. Um, you know, some other guys in, in the community that had volunteered their time to help get everything set up and run the grill and um, flip the burgers and, and sell the t-shirts and stuff. So um, I was like, okay, so how does this work? And I get two guys to, to kind of volunteer to help take a look at it. And um, they, they take a look. They get, It's got a starter on it, kind of like a lawnmower. You know, if you've got a pushing lawnmower, it's it, you're starting an engine, basically. You know, it's fuel-powered gasoline or you know, some sort of maybe a little gas-oil mixture. I'm not even quite sure. I guess probably just gasoline. Um, 
I remember on pushing pushing the lawnmower uh, when I used to have one of those. Um, sometimes you would need a mixture of gasoline and oil to go in the starter. I don't know. I'm I'm uh, betraying my mechanical ignorance here. But uh, so they they try to they pull they pull on the the chain you know to get it started kind of like a lawnmower and it's not it's not getting started and I'm like oh my god because now it's like nine fifty five and I'm like shit I really need to leave at ten if I'm gonna make my daughter's birthday party on time and just kind of in my head I'm like oh man like did I bite off too much to chew here more than I could chew and is this really gonna work out I, I would hate to have to cancel on my daughter. You know, I told my wife this was all going to work out, and I'm sure everybody would understand, but, you know, I, I didn't want to miss it. I, I I wanted my cake and to eat it, too. Um, Which is, that's a dumb expression, too, because who, why, why wouldn't you want to eat your cake? What's the point of having cake if you can't eat it? Um, But, uh, so these guys are taking a look at that, and then they, they check the fuel level. They're like, there's, there's no gas in here, man. I was like, oh, no. But, uh. As if by divine providence, uh, one of the other dudes showed up with a generator and just plopped it down next to us. And uh, I didn't realize it at the time. I, I thought he was bringing it for something else. But it just kind of sat there for a few minutes. And then I looked, I, I started asking around. I said, hey, whose generator is that? They're like, oh, that's Paul's generator. And I'm like, okay, well, is it for me? Can I use it? Is it for the music? And they were like, I don't know. <laughs> so I go ask Paul. I was like, hey, man, uh is that your generator? And, and can we use it for the music? He's like, sure, man. So he comes over and, and shows me how to get it started. It was really easy. Um, his had fuel in it already. Thank goodness. And, um, there's a little lever where you can, uh, adjust it towards the, the choke position. I guess that's allowing it to get some extra fuel, um, and maybe some air intake. Um, again, I'm, I'm going to have to look that up and figure it out, um, for my own, um, for my own curiosity. Sorry, I don't have that answer here. This is not a, a how-to or a how-does-it-work podcast. This is just a, a middle-aged dude uh, trying to have some, you know, incorporate a, a musical career into a good life. That's what this podcast is all about. So um, uh, Paul gets it started, and it's loud. And I'm like, oh, no. And, you know, the extension cord only goes so far. So it's like... It's, you know, 20, 20 feet away, 15, 15 to 20 feet away, and just, you know, like a generator is pretty noisy and uh, just out in the open. And I'm like, oh, man. So, it, you know, it's pretty cool the way it works. It's like, hey, you want some outdoor electricity? Just use this little contraption here that, that uh, you know, is just an engine that runs and generates electricity. And, uh, um, I did learn something because when he first tried to start it, I already had it plugged in and uh, and and it wouldn't start for him. And he says, hey, let's unplug this and, and try it without any load yet. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's uh, let's take the load off and and then uh, and then try, you know, acting like I knew what he was talking about. But I guess, uh, you know, the point being that it wasn't trying to suck electricity, you know, my, my gear that was needing electricity that was plugged in um, wasn't, um, you know, wasn't trying to draw juice, trying to draw electricity from it um, while we were starting it. So, uh, so he was like, all right, man, you know, so we unplug it and he, he's, you know, he pulls the chain uh, twice and, uh, and it gets going. 
and it's humming along. Um, and then we plug in and voila, through the miracle of, of modern mechanics and uh, electricity, um, it, you know, my gear, you know, turned on and I got my little tablet with a playlist on it, which I remembered to download ahead of time so that it could be in airplane mode. And um, I got my playlist going and I said, okay, well, I kind of had to turn it up kind of loud just so that it was over the, the generator noise, um, which was uh, a little obnoxious. I wish we had figured out a way to do that with just uh, drawing some electricity from the building or something, but I guess they didn't want cables running out the doors and, and causing tripping hazards and stuff. So uh, the generator was, was the solution and uh, worked out okay. You know, just kind of had to crank the music a little bit. Um, I wonder if they make enclosures like to soundproof generators a little bit. That might be a good, a good investment. It crossed my mind to try to find a big piece of cardboard or something just to lean up against the fence because the generator was on the outside of the fence and there's some exhaust from, um, you know, from burning the gas. And we just kind of wanted that to be uh, out towards the parking lot where uh, people weren't really walking around. Um, and uh, yeah, I was thinking about putting a piece of cardboard up just to try to block some of the sound, but uh, didn't get around to that. Um, so, and, and then it's, you know, it's, it's 11.05, I'm checking my watch, and I got the music going, and I'm like, okay, uh, I gotta go, <laughs> you know, I, I hit play on, you know, hit shuffle on this playlist, and it just hoped for the best, I asked a couple people to help watch my gear, and, um, you know, I, 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 I talked to the guy, Paul, since, since he was now my go-to guy, I was like, Hey, just, if, if anything goes wrong, give me a call, um, or just check the connections and hit play again on the playlist. Just try to keep the music going. But, uh, if all goes according to plan, you guys won't even know I'm not here because the, the music will just be going and, uh, I'll be back around two o'clock because I figured the uh, birthday party ended at one. It would take me about an hour to drive back up. And, uh, um, so I walked away from, you know, my music gear, which is a little bit of an investment in my career and something that, uh, you know, is, is valuable. And I didn't want to just walk away. Um, but I, I just kind of relied on the few folks that were going to help keep an eye on it and, and just kind of the goodness of people and the good natureness of the event. Like it's a fundraiser for a guy with health problems and, and, uh, medical expenses. So, I mean, you, you would have to be the scum of the fucking earth to, to steal from, from that event. But, uh, so, you know, sometimes you gotta be a little idealistic and just have faith in your brothers and sisters, uh, you know, have a little faith in humanity. So it was a little nerve wracking to get in my car and, you know, drive away. But, uh, I, I really wanted to get to my daughter's birthday party. So I, uh, drove South, uh, into Phoenix found the uh, welfare league and, and showed up and sure enough, there's my family and a bunch of these other cute second graders. And, um, you know, a couple of their, for their, uh, moms and dads, uh, stuck around for the party. A couple kids got dropped off and picked up after. And, uh, it was, it was really nice time. Did, uh, pizza and cake and, and, uh, the, the kids got to read to the animals and they had some other exotic animals there too. So we got to see some snakes in cages and, some uh, blue-tongued skinks, which is this cool lizard with a blue tongue, um, and uh, a really fat toad. There was a toad there that was, like, really, really fat, like, bigger than a personal pan pizza, 
It's like a really big fat toad. Um, and the birthday party went off without a hitch. It was really cool. Um, I was a little concerned that kids were going to want to adopt a puppy and like go home with a puppy or a a kitten that day. But uh, the kids were pretty cool about it. They just kind of, you know, no, as far as I know, nobody was throwing any fits or, or, uh, you know, trying to demand a new pet from their parents. And, And of course we didn't send any puppies home in the goodie bags. And, uh, props to my wife for getting that all together. Cause I was pretty, uh, you know, my, my mental energy was elsewhere trying to do my music thing for the, for the fundraiser. So, uh, yeah, that, that all went off well. And then I, you know, my, I'm kind of checking my cell phone and it's, it's quiet. So I'm like, all right, things must be going fine, uh, up at the fundraiser. So, uh, after the birthday party, I hop back in my car and drive back up north and you know as I get close to the parking lot where the event is I I I turned down my music it was probably Christmas carols actually actually no I was listening to a podcast I had thought about this ahead of time because I was like man I'm gonna have a little bit of driving to do um so I I saw that I had a Sam Harris podcast or two that I hadn't listened to um waking up with Sam Harris which I uh, enjoy listening to he's he's a very smart interviewer Um, and he gets really, really interesting guests on. Um, and I was listening to one of his podcasts while I, while I was driving around just to kind of keep my mind off of being nervous, right? I was nervous that something was going to go wrong because I wasn't there to be in control of helping it out, which kind of brings back the serenity prayer, which I've been talking about the last few weeks on this podcast. Um, God or universe or algorithm, Grant me the strength to control what I can, uh, the um, the grace to accept what I can't, and the wisdom to know the difference is the gist of the serenity prayer. So I was trying to practice that a little bit, and I was also just trying to kind of hack my mind. I was like, I need to give my mind something to pay attention to, or else I'm going to be really nervous about the unknown happening. So I uh, I thought uh, I thought of that ahead of time, and I was like, oh, I'll give myself this really intellectual podcast to listen to. And it was interesting because I was kind of training my awareness as it was going. I could feel myself start slipping into like, oh no, I I hope nothing bad is happening with my music gear or, you know, the playlist stopping or, or them needing me to help run a microphone, you know, or I I didn't want to be letting the event down in any way. And I felt, uh, I felt a little, um, you know, I, I've just felt a little out of control because I wasn't physically there to help out when I was when I was driving back and forth and, and at my daughter's birthday party. So I, I would feel my mind sort of drift while I was listening to something that required my attention. If, if you don't pay attention, you know, a couple paragraphs later, you're lost in the conversation. So I, I it, it's kind of analogous to when you're reading and you realize that you've read half a page, but you weren't really paying attention to what you're reading. So I think it's really healthy for our minds and for our, um, you know, for our focus to be intentional about what we're paying attention to. And that was really helpful for me to keep in mind while I was driving around, trying not to be a nervous wreck because of, you know, something being out of my control. So it was, it was a good like self, um, self challenge and, and a growth opportunity for me too. And uh, I pull up to the parking lot. And I turn off the podcast and roll down my window and sure enough, there's 
some, you know, some sweet jams from the playlist that I had put together, just rocking away in, in the parking lot. I get up there and like, nobody says anything. I was like, oh, sweet. It actually, you know, it worked as, as we had hoped. So, um, that part of it was, was over. And then I had, uh, sort of a, a little bit of work left to do to plug myself in and get my guitar all tuned up and, and then I was going to be the uh, live entertainment as part of the event, you know, trying to help people have a good time and, and keep people there and donating some some cash towards a good cause. And, um, you know, some of our, our friends from, from when we lived up in, in North Phoenix were there and got to say hello to some of those folks. And it all it all ended up being pretty cool. Um, the uh, the Godin guitar that I've been playing recently is on the Fritz. Yet again, I think there's something problematic with the way they have that preamp in there. So um, I'm, I'm going to have to get that checked out. And that was a minor headache going into it. But, you know, I pulled out the old trusty Yamaha. And that's the guitar that I, 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 you know, I cut my teeth on. So I'm really comfortable playing that guitar. And frankly, I felt like I was you know, a little, little better player on that instrument. It's like this is the instrument that my hands learned on so my hands know this instrument really well so I, I pulled out my trusty Yamaha acoustic electric and um, you know got a couple loops going and sang some songs and uh, I thought ahead of time to make sure that it was pretty positive so that's one of the new one of the nuances of of playing a benefit show for you know to raise money for a guy's brain surgery is uh, you, you kind of want to keep it pretty light <laughs> I've got some songs that deal with like death and grieving and I was like, oh, we're going to put those on the shelf for this gig. Um, same thing when I was setting the playlist up. I was like, all right, let's keep it pretty light. Let's keep it pretty positive. Um, which, you know, that there's kind of a lesson in there in general for a musician and or, or somebody lending some music to an event or an occasion. It's like, uh, you know, maybe sad songs are good for when you're at home and you got the candles on and you take a bath and you need a good cry or you need some perspective on life. But uh, if you're out and about with your friends and stuff, I could I could see how me playing a song about, um, you know, grieving after loss or I, I have a song called uh, Marjorie Jane that uh, that deals with dementia that I used to play out a little bit. Um not 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 such a pick me upper so i could see where those might fall a little flat or, or lose the audience um so i'm i'm trying to uh you know keep my shows a little bit more upbeat and positive and um yeah it, it went really well um everybody was really supportive of the music and i was i was just kind of humbled to be there and and trying to sing some songs and add some positive vibes to the event anyway um there was a really cool guy that uh that uh, came up to me at, at my first set break and was like hey man you know I used to do this thing too when I was younger uh, I used to you know play play uh you know the one man show thing and you're doing a real good job I know it can be tough with it with everybody chatting and you know uh the, he didn't mention it but uh, you know playing over the noise of the generator is kind of tricky when you're a one man band um so I just went into acoustic rock mode you know not you know, kind of sacrifice some of the nuances of dynamics when you've got going on the whole time but uh 
um, he, he was really nice. And then I noticed later on, if, if you know, I would wrap up a song and, and people would clap and, and, uh, and he would kind of like rally people to, to, to clap and show some support by going like, give it up for the band, give it up for the band. All right. <laughs> like he was encouraging everybody to, uh, the, to show me some love, which was, which was nice. You know, it's, um, one of those things where you, you could tell that he really, you know, he, he had been in my shoes before and he knows that a little positive encouragement goes a long way, um, to, to not feeling like you're ignored or, or, uh, not doing a good job. So, um, which, which, you know, I'm, I'm kind of over that. Um, I, I, I can, I can get through the show if, if people are clapping or not. Um, it wasn't, I didn't want to make the show about me, but, uh, it was still appreciated that that guy was get, give it up for the band. All right. Um, and, uh, the other cool thing was at the, at the start of the, um, at the start of the fundraiser, or I guess it was about two hours in, cause that's when I got there. So shortly after I got there and I was setting my stuff up, um, these guys called the Patriot, uh, the Patriot guard riders rode in and made a whole scene. It was like, seven or eight guys on motorcycles and then a, a guy driving a Jeep with an American flag sticking out the back, like, uh, like sticking out of the hitch. They had, they had Jimmy rigged some sort of flagpole thing where, uh, they rode the flag in and the flag was, you know, about Jeep high. And then, um, it was cool. They, 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 they came together and one guy was holding the flag. They, they tilted it down and then extended it out like another 20 feet. So this American, this big old American flag was just waving there, you know, 20 feet in the air, looking all majestic. And, you know, you could tell the guys like they, you know, they were respecting it. They made sure it didn't touch the ground and, and whatnot. Um, and, uh, they, 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 they came over and they kind of circled everybody up and, um, they asked me to turn off the music and I turned off the music and I was like, Oh shit, this guy's just going to try to make an announcement. So uh, I ran over and turned off the generator real quick, which was a little nerve wracking because I didn't really still know my way around the generator, uh, janitor, the generator. And luckily there was an on and off button. So I was just, I just clicked off and it went and then it was real quiet. And, uh, and I heard someone go, thank you from across the parking lot. And, uh, and then this guy, this is like, you know, chiseled old, um, military vet biker guy with the goatee and the leather vest and, um, you know, the the blue jeans and cowboy boots and sunglasses and bandana. He, uh, he kind of does what they call their opening ceremony and they come together. They said a few words about, uh, Bentley's battle and, and, uh, that they were there to, to lend their support. Um, and then they get they they got everybody together and said, hey, well, part of what we like to do here after we make our opening remarks is we'll we'll sing along to God bless the USA, um, and uh, you know everybody's encouraged to sing along. I think he said something like, uh, and if uh, if you don't want to sing, that'll be five dollars into the donation bucket, and if you give me any grief about it, that'll be ten. You know. So he had, he had a few uh, go-to lines and, and some some shtick to kind of keep everybody uh, in a good mood and and kind of keep things going. It's it's funny when you can see a guy that's got good charisma and good 
sort of group leadership when it comes to public speaking and just can kind of rally a group around and get everybody's attention and hold everybody's attention and just kind of get us through the the next couple moments. And uh, so they they circled up and they held hands um, with like, you know, the, the folks that were there for the fundraiser. We got these biker guys next to army veteran guys, next to families, next to, you know, the, 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 the school principal from my kid's school was there, you know, my kid's school from back when we lived up there. Um, you know, they were all standing around singing that song like, and it's proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. And just listening to these, you know, these biker guys were like, proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. You know, the, the old chiseled, uh, the old guy, uh, you know, hard living, uh, life on the road kind of voices. <laughs> but, uh, and then, and then one guy that was like, where at least I know I'm free. Like he had this beautiful, you know, upper register voice that <laughs> I was like, where? <laughs> We would not expect that voice to come out of that biker dude, but uh, so they were they were singing that, and uh, it was it was really kind of cute. My family um, came up after me, so I got there a few minutes before them. But my wife and two daughters got there right as this was starting, and they just kind of meandered up onto the situation, and they were like, "Oh, is this the event?" And then next thing they know, my daughters are holding hands with bikers and singing the song together and it was so cute because I was on the other side of the of, of the circle so they didn't see me but I could see them and I was like so my heart was warmed that my second grade daughter who just came from her sweet little birthday party was now holding hands with a biker dude singing along to a patriotic country song you know and uh and then they had the a, a little choreographed move where um there's a part in the song where it's like and I'll stand up and the guys r raised their hands together. So, and I'll stand up next to you to defend my... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not as familiar with the tune as I should be. Um, they used to play it at Ravens games, too. I wonder if they still do. But uh, I remember being at some Baltimore Ravens football games, and they would play that song. And I mean, it's, it's a tearjerker. Like, if you let yourself get washed over with the emotions and, and the meaning of the song and and that you know there are there are real people behind you know behind those statistics about people that give give their lives for our freedom you know um it's uh if you let it wash over you it's it's very moving so on on the one hand i was like really really moved and then and then this tiny voice in my head was like I, I love the choreography, guys. This is just excellent. I wanted to see him break out into like a rockette style can-can, uh, kick their legs up. and But uh, no, no, I, I don't mean to poke fun. It was a serious moment and a seriously beautiful moment of seeing the community come together. And uh, it, was, it was really cool. So uh, I've, I've got a picture of, uh, of, of the circle coming together and my daughter's holding hands with bikers and um, it just, it makes me smile. Um, so the event goes off, uh, really well. And as if I hadn't done a lot during this day already, um, that evening, one of, uh, one of my buddies here in town was having his birthday get together at the local casino. <laughs> so, uh, you know, whereas usually my weeks are kind of interchangeable, I, I pretty much do the 
kind of the same thing week in and week out with minor variations. I mean, you know, working on new songs is always like a new thing, but it's kind of, it's kind of the same thing. You know, I'm just recording music and playing gigs and, you know, I'll learn new songs, but it's generally the same couple places where I'll play and, um, you know, nothing too mind blowing there, but every once in a while I'll have one of those weekends or one of those days where I just do like two or three or four really different things that I hadn't done before and, uh, kind of keeps it moving. I imagine there's people that are more green light than me. I'm more of like a yellow light slash red light kind of person when it comes to just new experiences in general. I'm pretty skeptical, pretty hesitant, reluctant. I like my comfort zone, um, but I'm actively trying to push myself out of that a little bit. And uh, yeah, so there's, there's people that probably live much more green life than me in general that just live like that all the time and it's exciting for them. For me, it's a little exhausting. So uh, I, I get home from the fundraiser. It was a long day, you know. Um, uh, um, obviously really well worth it. <laughs> and obviously the, you know, my tired legs from getting to perform a few sets of music is, uh, is nothing compared to, you know, what we were there for. I can't say that enough. Um, but... Uh, all of a sudden, the birthday party seemed like a bit of a stretch. I was like, oh, man, I'm already tired. And I got home at like 7.30. And my wife was like, you really should go. You know, you guys have been hitting it off. And, you know, he's a good buddy for, you know, for, you know, living out here. I've got my, my best buds from back east that I keep in touch with. And it's kind of a challenge, but a, but a good one to find some good buddies out here in Arizona. So she was like, oh, you should go. You know, it'll mean a lot to them. She says, you know what, have a drink, Uber over there, Uber back, just have a good time, don't worry about it. I was like, all right, honey, like, don't tell me twice. So I take a quick shower, hop in the Uber, get over to the casino at like 8.15, maybe, and uh, the group of friends had had met to do the buffet dinner, and they were already eating dessert when I got there. I was like, okay, well, I don't want to rush you guys. Like, should I get a plate or what should I, they were like, oh yeah, go get a plate, you know, get, fill up and you know, this is good and that's good. And don't forget the crab legs and oh, go grab some shrimp and it's all you can eat buffet at the casino, which was a pretty clever way to do a get together because everybody got to get what they wanted. It was uh, reasonably priced and, um, you know, a pretty fun outing. So we, we all did that together. Um, and uh, my, my buddy's wife actually surprised him. He thought that just he and her were going out. And then lo and behold, there was a table of, of his friends there when they got there. So I missed the uh, surprise portion, but it was like the surprise kept on giving because then I showed up and I was like, hey, I'm here now. Um, and uh, so the, they were already eating uh, dessert and kind of socializing and chatting. And I scarfed down a plate of food. Um, one of the tricks that I learned that I did not take advantage of at the time is if you get the king crab legs, ask the guy, ask one of the guys to re-steam them for you. Because mine were a little cold, and they would have been a, a little more delicious if they had been uh, just like quickly re-steamed for a minute, just to kind of heat them up. That's what, uh, that's that's the pro tip that I was missing, because I don't do the casino buffet very much. But, uh, so uh, we, d we do that, and then... Um, there was kind of a cigar bar lounge bar area where we migrated to after that. One of the one of the buddies had some cigars that he was passing out, so uh, I was appreciative to him. Um, I don't do cigars very often, 
but when I do, I find them to be pretty fun. So uh, we did that and just kind of, you know, pretended to be badass, drinking whiskeys and and uh, smoking cigars and talking about the world. Actually, we talked mostly about hikes and coaching soccer practice because we're all dads. <laughs> it's, it's like our lives revolve around our kids. So that's uh, often the topic of conversation. Um, we literally talked about hiking for like 25 minutes. And uh, there was this band at the cigar bar where the the guitar player, it was a guitar player and a conga player. And then they had backing tracks. And if you listen to this podcast, you know my opinion on backing tracks is I think it's goddamn cheating. And I think it's a disgrace to live music that that shit happens because that's two other musicians that could have gotten paid for that night to play drums and bass or, or three, you know, throwing a keyboardist. But it was a conga guy who was, you know, entertaining enough because he also had a flute and trumpet maybe. So he was like the one man band guy. And then he had a guitar player who was a dead ringer for Carlos Santana. He was <laughs> like this, you know, Hispanic looking dude um, with a mustache, a black mustache, you know, black hair that, you know, he, he had a receding hairline. So he had a little cap on and sort of mullet hair sticking out the back and played a PRS. And they were playing like, you know, black magic woman and um, witchy woman. Woman. That's the Eagles, right? And uh, just, you know, some reliable, um, reliable cover songs with sort of a, a Latin flair to them. And he looked exactly like Carlos Santana. He could have been he could have been in a, a tribute band for Carlos Santana. And then with his cap, he kind of rem- reminded me of that comedian Gallagher a little bit too, the guy who smashes watermelons. So I was like, wait, is he going to do a Santana cover? And then pull out a watermelon and smash it with a sledgehammer. Is that what's happening here at this cigar bar at the casino? So uh, it was it was kind of a scene, um, something that I don't typically do, and I find very amusing because I'm just like, who the fuck takes this seriously? What is happening here? Like uh, it was just kind of silly. This is it was a silly time. And then um, you know it got got a little later. Some people had to peel off, and then. Uh, there was still a good group of us, and, and it was like, hey, we're at the casino. Who wants to gamble a little? Oh, sure, yeah, let's go gamble. And what I've learned is that gambling is not a group activity. <laughs> the few times that I've been at a casino, you realize that, you know, you kind of got to fight your own battle here. <laughs> you know, you got to pony up your own cash, figure out what game you're going to go sit down at, and uh, and give it give it a whirl and hope for the best. It's not really a group game. Um, you know, for, I take a while to warm up. I did, I did want to play a little bit, throw, throw just a little money around for fun and maybe see if I could pay for my Uber ride that night or something. And, uh, I was like, you know, a little tipsy, um, which, which already I don't like. Cause I'm like, wait, why would I go into this disadvantaged? It's like, I need my faculties about me. Um, I need to be thinking clearly if I want to go play blackjack or, um, so my default at the casino, cause I, I'm tip, you know, tipsy is, uh, is to go just do some roulette. And, um, 
you know, and that's after a good 45 minutes or an hour of waffling and watching my friend play something. And then, oh, I think I might go play poker. And I walked over to the poker room and was immediately intimidated by everything that was going on there. It's like three, six limit poker. What does that mean? I'm used to playing with my friends at home with chips and no limit. And we pretend we're in rounders. But now that I'm here, I really don't know what the fuck is going on here. And I don't want to be stressed out and lose all my money. Um, so I'm going to go find my friends again. Thanks though. Um, so I, I eventually like it it got pretty late. Everybody else had lost their money already. And, uh, I I was talking to one of the wives of one of the buddies that was there and I, I pointed to a machine and she, she was like, she was like, yeah, that machine ate all my money. And I go, yeah, I look at these slots and I'm not even sure really what the game is. So it looks like there's four, there's four things things that come up on the screen here after you pull the lever and it's like it's like a slot machine and and she goes well no you don't need to know it you just you just feed it your money and it takes all your money that's the game that's the game <laughs> i was pretty amused by her reaction to losing you know i don't know 10 bucks in in the slot machine or whatever so everybody kind of peels off and and uh the, the the birthday boy and his wife that that put it together they they peeled off and i was like well, shit, I'm at the casino, like, I got to pony up a little bit, so I put 20 bucks down on video roulette, they didn't have any live roulette tables, just video roulette, um, and uh, I got my 20 bucks to last me about 45 minutes, the shit of it was, was that, like, three minutes into it, I was 10 bucks up, I had turned my, to- or like, you know, 12.35 up, or whatever, I had turned my, my 20 bucks into 30 bucks and change, and, uh, I was like, oh shit, well, I could cash out right now and walk away a winner, but I was only like two minutes into playing, <laughs> so I was like, well, I should let it ride and see if I can earn some more, and um, and then I, you know, kind of lost that and went back to 20, and then I was like, oh shit, shit, should I cash out now, like, that was fun, I could have won, I could have walked away a winner, but I wanted to have some some entertainment out of this as well. I didn't want to just sit down, have two minutes, bloop, okay, good, I'm good to go. That didn't feel fun to me. So um, so I was like, all right, well, shit, I'm back to 20. Should I cash out now? No, 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 no. I, I, I kind, of, kind of figured out a strategy here. So what I was doing was I would, I would pick either red or black and also either odd or even. And, um, and I would play two of those. So I would put like two bucks on red and two bucks on even. So then if a red, like 24, came up, I would win double that, um, you know, twice over. So I've got two bucks on each, so I've got a $4 bet, which doubles, so I would get eight bucks back if that hit. Um, and that's about a quarter of the numbers, right? Because red and blacks are split evenly, um, except for the zeros. you got to watch out for those fucking green zeros. Um, zero and double zero. And then... Uh, and then within each color, there's about half of those numbers are, are odd or even, right? If I did the math on that correctly. And so it's kind of a way of hedging your bet within a single bet. You know, you could hit on red, but miss on even or odd. And then you just kind of break even for that round. Except I threw in a little variation where you know, I was putting quarters on corners. So 25 cents bets on the corners of numbers that were touching both, you know, if I went red even, I would put it on the corners that were touching like red 24, red 26, red 10, and red 8. 
I don't remember if those are the, the, the numbers that correspond with red or not. Um, but that's the gist. So my, my thinking was these 25 cent bets, because they're much less probable, right? If you pick a number, that's very, very improbable. So it pays out better. I figured if I kind of stacked my bets in that way, when I did hit, it would be a pretty good pay, uh, payout. And then the other advantage was, since I was playing the corners, I was also touching some black numbers, um, or, or not the corners, but I was playing the, the sort of the four quadrant, the sort of double split in between four numbers on the board. Um, if you've never seen a roulette betting table, this is going to sound like Greek to you. Um, maybe take a moment and Google one real quick, see if this makes any sense. But uh, so the the benefit there was, um, say I was playing red even, and I had a red twenty four, um, you know, twenty five cent bet on the board itself, which was also covering my you know black uh, twenty five. For instance, maybe I should have a, a one of these boards pulled up on Google so I can give some real examples. I'm just doing this from my head. The uh, the specifics aren't important here. I'm just trying to communicate the, the, the general approach, which I thought was was, was kind of fun. So um, if I missed on red even, but I hit on black 25 because I was on that line for black 25, then I would make a little money back. So I felt like I was trying to get as close to, you know, 50-50 odds as possible to kind of at least win my money back each each bet. And then in the 45 minutes or so that I made that $20 last, I um I saw like three or four greens hit. And green is when it's either zero or double zero. And those, you know, you're just screwed. You just lose all your money on those unless you bet on it. But it's a very improbable bet. So um I was start, I you know, after the first one I got a little mad and I was like, Oh fuck that little green piece. That's annoying. I just lost all my money on that bet. You know, I had maybe eight dollars in bets on the on the board and just <laughs> I was at twenty and now I'm at twelve. Great. That was fun. Um, so then I got a little mad at the greens and then like a couple, couple bets later, I was like, I'm going to put 25 cents on one of these green ones just to see if it hits, just kind of buy myself a little peace of mind insurance. And that's probably not a good bet because it's so rare, but if you hit it, then it pays off well. So, uh, this like a commercial for gambling or, or, (laughs) or commercial for gambling addicts. Um, basically the math is never in your favor. And as a person who has studied math and earned a graduate degree in statistics, I know that to be the case. And just for, just really quick to clarify, it doesn't matter that they tell you what numbers are hot or not. Unless there's a flaw in the board itself, which is physically making the ball more likely to land in a certain spot, It is, if it's a fair game, then just because it hit five red this time doesn't mean it's any less likely to hit five red next time, right? That is the gambler's fallacy is that if you flip a coin and it lands on heads that for some reason, the next time you flip it, you think it's more likely to land tails. That is, that is false. Okay. (laughs) Just, just to hammer, hammer that point home. Don't pay attention to like, Oh, it hit red 13 out of the last 15 times. So, you know, do you want to stay with red? Is it going to stay streaky or is it going to even out and go go back to black? Well, guess what? The board doesn't remember the last 15 rolls. So that ball is just going to go and land in uh, in zero and then you lose all your money. 
and you get your Uber ride home and uh, go to sleep and wake up early the next morning to do your Sunday work shift and um, and feel like shit the whole next day. <laughs> that's where that that's where that ends up is uh, you did you stood on your feet for hours of the day, um, drank too much alcohol, not enough water, and had to wake up early for your actual job. And, um, and then you kind of hate life for a day, but, uh, you keep everything in perspective and you keep moving. And by you, I mean me, cause that was my weekend. And, uh, it was a pleasure to do this little ramble here and try to catch up with y'all. I guess I, I do these things to let you know that there's another crazy guy out there. So if you ever feel like you're too crazy or, or lonely or, or whatever, just pop on a, pop on your, your good buddy Garrett over here or or pop on some tunes, but uh, these are fun for me. I feel like they're therapy for me, um, and and hopefully somewhat uh, entertaining for you. So um, with that, I'll uh, I'll sign off, and I'll probably have a little bit of random music for um, before or after. Um, yeah, let me uh, let me sign off for now. This was fun, and um, be well out there. Happy holidays. Uh, it's coming up on Christmas. It looks like Christmas threw up in my house. We did get the tree trimmed uh, this weekend, which was great. And um, yeah, just uh, don't stop believing. Don't stop believing in Santa Claus because he is real. How else did those cookies get eaten? Um, okay, talk to you later. Peace. Got no deeds to do, no promises to keep. Dappled and drowsy and ready to sleep. Let the morning time drop her petals on me. Life for love, you ain't always groovy. What you know I come to watch your flowers growing Ain't you got no rhyme for me All is groovy All is groovy